This week on Unsportsmanlike Conduct, we take a deep dive into Michigan versus Villanova. We recap the game and recap Michigan's tournament run and look into what it means for them in the future and maybe give some way too early Big Ten conference predictions. And then we'll talk about the Tigers' start of the season. It's 1-4, and four, but there's a lot of interesting things going on in Detroit so far. All that and more on Unsportsmanlike Conduct next. And welcome to Sports and Light Conduct, the pro sports show where we talk and you listen. My name is Andrew McDonald, I'll be your host. And to my right, Evan Petzold as always. Evan, how are we doing? I'm doing good. You know, you know, Elena, I got I gotta ask you. Um, you know, we were here last time and you said, you know, your week was was going all right. This week, I mean, how how are you doing this week? I'm doing you know, I mean I was doing better before last night. <laughs> all right. Last night, now I'm kind of a But how are you how are you how are you doing the overall this this overall week? Overall, I'm doing Doing pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty you know, kind of, kind of like how D Wade is doing pretty good right now. But, you know, j- just like life goes, <laughs> you're, you're, there's going to be ups and downs, and and so, you know, yeah, you're having you're having an up moment right now, and I'm happy for you, <laughs> D Wade, having an up moment. Got to be happy for the guy, but you got to think, hopefully not in bowl situations, but it just seems like in bowl situations. I mean, hopefully your next next week isn't going to be bad because you, you got a feeling that Dwayne Wade is going to struggle. Again next week, this you know how he, he's up and down all the time <laughs> wow. and stuff like that. So I hope that you don't follow suit with that. Um, but as for me, I'm I'm doing solid. You know, you know, tough to to watch to watch Michigan, a team from from your home state, lose in a, in a national championship game. But you know, it is what it is. Villanova played better. We'll get into that. But but yeah, yeah, we'll definitely get into that. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Not a lot of sleep, but uh, that's the that's the main problem. Why right no now. sleep? Homework? Just staying up. Because Mercury's uh, in retrograde. Actually, I don't know if that's still true, but I heard that. <laughs> that's what people. That's what people keep saying. I don't know anything. Honestly, about. I think it's just like all these sports <laughs> games, the March Madness and stuff, and all the articles I have to write. I've been like staying up late to try to do it, and I think looking at a screen mm-hmm. for so long before I go to bed is my main problem because I've heard that's a not a good thing to do. No, but, that no, I know, I feel you, I feel yeah, you because it, it really keeps you up, and then you just don't ever get good sleep if you like look at it right mm-hmm. before you go to bed. Yeah. I mean, That's I do. I, I mean, you, you know, I do Michigan recruiting stuff, and it's it's a post a day or two posts a day, and you got to get those, you got to get those out every day. It's got to, it's got to go out, and then you got the CM Life stuff on top of it. You got podcasts to to do, Don't and then you that got homework, baby, homework because like we're in school, <laughs> um, sadly. So yeah, it's yeah, life. no, it's a it's a grind. It doesn't really stop. That's 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 life, and yeah. you know, at the end of the day, we always talk about sports. We talk about college sports a lot. These guys are uh, student athletes, so they do a lot of stuff in the mm-hmm. classroom too. They're kids just like us, as yeah. crazy as it seems. They're so much bigger. So, you know, first off, I just want to like you know congratulate Michigan on a great run through the tournament. Um, obviously, it didn't go the way they wanted to uh, to finish it. Hamid um, Abdur Rockman scored twenty three points to lead Michigan in his last game, so that was kind of cool to see. But really, Villanova just had their game going on all facets, and Michigan had theirs going the complete opposite way. Um, I mean, five of the six games in the tournament, other than the annihilation of Texas A&M, Michigan did not have a good offense at this tournament, and last night was an absolute rock bottom. They still found ways to win at their defense because that's how good of a team they were this year. They were you know, able to do it in every way possible. But when you're playing against a team like Villanova, even who didn't necessarily shoot as well as they have all year from behind the arc, they averaged 40% from behind the arc. They were under that last night. Um, at 37%. So, I mean, it's close, but it's still a little bit. It's not like they were mm-hmm. on from there. It's just they found a way to be able to get it. Michigan couldn't hit any shots. Um, so they lose 79-62. to 62. Um, Obviously, great tournament run. Uh, I guess what are your guys' initial thoughts on it? Here's my thing. When, when you when you look back, let, let's just look back to the Maui Invitational. <laughs> November 20th, late night. Remember that game tipped off at, I don't know, what was it, like 945 or something like that? Mm-hmm. 
lose to LSU by by two, and you think, man, this team this team's gonna have a rough 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 year. Yeah, I remember being up till like one a.m. that night. Yeah. That, was, that was the worst. And you're just like, man, this is gonna be a long season covering this team. And then something happened. You know, something happened. Duncan Robinson took a seat. He took he took a step back, and he was okay with that. You know, I, Isaiah Liver stepped up. You had a guy like like Xavier Simpson, you know, fight with Eli Brooks and and literally lose his starting role, mm-hmm. and then gain it back. Yeah, about halfway through the season. And that that, but but I think in both of those situations, that tells you a lot about this Michigan team, and that tells you a lot uh, about where they grew this season and where they were at the start and where they are now. Yeah. You know, with the season being over, this this team has come a long way. Like, think about it. I don't think people are giving Michigan enough credit for how far they've really come since yeah. the beginning of the year. I mean, they were an underdog, and, like, rightfully so. It's Villanova. They're the number one seed. In the they deserve to be an underdog, tournament. but I don't think anybody's given. I, I think, you know, fo- following everything, I, I just don't know if there's enough credit being given to to this team and to John Beeline. You're talking about a team that was unranked, mm-hmm. and until they beat Michigan State um, in mid-January, it was just they weren't going to be a team. They were going to be a team that maybe snuck into the NCAA tournament. I remember the end of the season, you know, there were still people talking about with the last five games to go, Michigan still has to win a majority of these games to for sure get into the tournament mm-hmm. and not be in the first four game. So that's where they were at, um, and they obviously turned it around and made a, a heck of a run, but they ran into a, a brick wall last night that they just they couldn't break through. Um, Elena? I, I just remember <laughs> when we were talking about how Michigan will probably make the tournament, but they'll be probably like a, a 10 seed. Mm-hmm. You know how we were saying that? So I just think that's pretty cool, and – like you said, Evan, like people don't give John Beeline enough credit, and just to see what he did with this team this year, it's it's pretty amazing actually. And um, just like I hear people saying, like, oh, they finally played a finally played a good team. This is what happens. Like, like go home, Wolverines. Like, yeah. Okay, well, where where was your team last night? Were they playing? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like we I didn't see them, and like, not not any of these games were like easy. Like once you get in the tournament, nothing's easy. So. Yeah. I mean, you can. Virginia has something to say about that. I mean, anything can happen, and Michigan made it there, so you got to give them credit. You can ask any team that you know played against any of those teams that Michigan played against before them, because yeah, Michigan played a bunch of underdog teams and got the got there, but that's because they beat better teams first. So I think it's really like harsh to say that you know they just didn't play anybody the whole tournament because that's really not the way that it works. If Loyola Chicago was in the Final Four, Loyola Chicago was in the Final Four. I mean, they made it that far. They're there they, for a reason. They made a run to get to the Final Four. They beat some good teams to do it. They and they're were, a hot team They're, they're just too. a mid-major team that no one saw. I mean, I, I was already looking at some, you know, way too early top 25s today. They're in people's top 25 next year. I mean, they're a, a ranked 16th, 17th in the country. And they gave that, Michigan a run for their money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They Michigan almost allowed a number 11 seed to go to the national championship for the first time until they, you know, finally turned it on with their defense in the game and, Really, I think they were just, you know, they were too fast. They were able to, you know, kind of break away and get some fast breaks and get that win. They they got offense with their defense, which is when they won. And last night they simply could not string together enough stops to be able to do that against Villanova. Very hard to do when you got a guy like uh, DiVincenzo, 31 points off the bench, um, and, and absolutely just annihilated Michigan. Couldn't. Couldn't stop him no matter what they did, and, you know, it was so – you'd have to worry so much about him out in the arc that, you know, when he did start getting doubled and getting people put out there on him, easy dump pass over the middle and they were able to find buckets inside or kickout passes. It was just an extremely mm-hmm. hard offensive stop. But the, I think the one disappointment, if you're a Michigan fan last night, is the fact that they got out-rebounded the way that they did um, on the offensive glass, allowing, you know, seven offensive reboards and, uh, re- rebounds in the second half, 11 – or I think it was – I forget how many total it was in the game. I know it was 11 – 
uh, for a while there. But the fact that they got out-rebounded so hard in the offensive glass, Michigan's been so good with that this year um, compared to years in the past. And this is a team that runs a four-guard set, and Michigan had no answer for them last night. They outmanned them inside and got rebounds and putbacks. And that's something you simply can't do against a team that can mm-hmm. shoot the lights out because, like I said, they didn't shoot particularly that much better on the Michigan last night. They didn't shoot be- way better from three-point percentage. That's another reason Michigan lost, 13% from beyond the arc. And that's the worst they've had all season. Yeah, I mean, DiVincenzo, he comes in and he starts hitting those threes, and I'm I'm thinking, man, this is this is Luke Hancock right now. <laughs> I mean, were you not thinking the same thing? Spike Albrecht, man. See, but see, but it's different, though, <laughs> because Spike was Spike was from Michigan, though. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm talking about someone burning Michigan, and that, yeah, that's yeah, the first yeah. thing oh, that yeah, popped yeah, into my head. Saying, yeah. was, oh, no doubt. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Luke Hancock. And I mean, then, it was just the, the dribble steps to the left and then just a quick pull-up shot. He just give himself an inch of space. And I know. He had it every time, but when you start feeling that in basketball, forget it. When, when a guy goes five of seven from three, most likely the opposing team isn't going to end up winning that game. Yeah. When you got a guy that's five <laughs> of seven from downtown, yeah, not happening. Mm-mm. I mean, it's 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 hard to beat them, period, with the way that we're in. Jalen Brunson only scored nine points last night. You know, Xavier Simpson, who did not have a good game in offense, missed a few layups, a couple wide-open threes. Um, I mean, who didn't miss a wide open three Bogdan for Michigan struggled last night? As of at, at, late in the game, at least he I mean, had the first ten minutes. He owned. And, I mean, he came out and oh, said, yeah. "I'm the player. I'm winning this national championship." And it, it looked like it was going to be that way all night. And when he, when he scores eleven points that early, you just don't see people make adjustments to him that quick. You didn't see it all season with other teams they played. I mean, teams that have a lot of NBA talent on them with Purdue and Michigan State couldn't make adjustments to stop him. When he started doing good this year, Villanova did a great job last night. He only scored seven points the rest of the night after he scored uh, the first nine of uh, Michigan's 11 points. So um, it, they did a good job of that. It still blows my mind that, that you look at Michigan's record and they're 33-8. and eight. <laughs> That's a program record for wins. I mean, that's something about this team, if and you eight. ask me. I and, thought that uh, last night when I, was, when I first started watching the game, I was like, Michigan was doing really good. Mm-hmm. Wagner was doing really well. But then you could, I could see, like, he can't keep this up all game. He's so tired. Like, he's going to get so tired. And just watching it fall off was just depressing. I think you said it, tired. I think Michigan simply ran out of gas in that game last night, and it, it just kind of showed um, for the second half. I mean, for the last 18, 51 of the game it was, um, they were down by double digits. He could never get back into mm-hmm. that thing. And every time it looked like they were going to come back, DiVincenzo had a three. Those back-to-back threes he hit in the second half about midway through, that was what really iced Michigan over. So so I got to ask just because I'm curious, and we, we can get into more Michigan stuff. Um, after the question, all that, but what what are your guys' like favorite moments from this Michigan basketball season? Like if you if you had to pick a, a favorite moment, oh what, that's easy. What would me. it be? I mean, n- all right, fine. <laughs> one of you guys can get the pool the pool. I'm shot. getting that one. Um, I I mean besides besides Jordan Poole's shot, what's your favorite oh, yeah, memory from this season? I I mean for me personally, I got the chance to cover the team this season and mm-hmm. like see them in person. Um, so to be able to watch them like grow and actually get to like talk to some of them and like and know them in a way, um, it was just kind of cool to see a team go that far that, you know, it was really like, this is really my first like year ever covering college basketball, um, at a major level and to see them from the team they were at the beginning of the year, um, you and me went and watched them play in Central Michigan, um, and they just, you know, they almost lost that game. They won by seven to a team that finished near, near the bottom of the MAC conference. So the fact that they can come that far and you watch them grow like that. And, you know, I, I'll never forget what Charles Matthews said to me kind of halfway through the year um, when I asked him about, you know, where this team is at and how far they can actually go. And he said, if we just play within ourselves, and that's what you heard these Michigan players say over over and over again, you know, we can do whatever we want. We know we're close. We're not there yet, but we know we're close. Mm-hmm. Just kept saying that. Um, and they, I mean, they proved everybody wrong that didn't believe that they could actually do that. So I just think in general just being around them. I think I'll change mine. Watching them beat Michigan State the way they did both times. 
I think that was just pretty cool because you know how you guys said like Michigan State's always coming out saying they're a basketball school and this and, year I think was the year yeah. that it was the yeah. most impressive in the Beeline era. Yeah, and it was it was just pretty cool watching that because they they didn't uh, bow like they didn't bow down to Michigan State at all. They were just like kind of made, just made statements. So mm-hmm. yeah, that when you when you can come out and you can win um, against Michigan State twice like that, it's very impressive. And you know Beeline is really. You know, made an argument to say since he's been at Michigan that he's you know been the better better basketball coach, especially the more had to have matchups and a couple Final Fours now, a couple national championship games. You know, overall his percentage is better in March. I mean, it's it's pretty hard to argue at this point um, that he he might not be a better coach, and you kind of got to start to actually give him some respect there. But yeah, definitely this year I think it was really cool because neither one of the games were at home. Yeah, so. I, I think one of my one of my favorite games was was really against when Michigan played against Minnesota. And they won in overtime, 76-73. And it was a game where, where you just really weren't sure weren't sure what was gonna happen. I mean, it was it was just back and forth, you know, the 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 whole way. And, and then, you know, Muhammad Ali Abdur Rahman, he he goes from, you know, you know, getting the ball with just a couple seconds left, you know, going down the lane, spinning on a on a drive for a layup, you know, draws the foul, makes the free throw, and and Michigan wins. And I think that was that was a statement. Not only for Michigan, but I think it was a statement for for Rockman when when you look at the way that he's developed and he's he's grown. Yeah. I mean, I know that 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 game against Minnesota. I mean, that was that was before that that was that was after well, I was after Michigan beat Michigan State the first time. They lost to Purdue, and and they were kind of kind of coming off that. And I, and I think that was just a statement for for Mar. And I think that really allowed him to to just carry his, his team the rest of the way. You know, they they beat Minnesota. Then they, they they lost to Northwestern and then and then they didn't lose again until the, until the national championship game. I mean, Fourteen straight games. You're talking February sixth to April second. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's insane. And a lot of the but a lot of those reasons why Michigan won a lot of those games was because of Muhammad Ali Abdur Rahman. He he was he was a big difference maker towards the toward, towards the end of the season. I think it all started with that game against Minnesota. That big play he made. I think that just gave him all the confidence in the world, and that's why that's got to be. That's got to be my favorite game uh, out of the out of the whole year. I think it really set the tone for for one of Michigan's big players who was probably one of the probably was one of the more underrated players in in, in the Big Ten, if not in the nation. Mm-hmm. I would I would agree so. Um, but yeah, definitely a memorable season. If you're a Michigan fan, gotta look at it in a positive way. You can't just think about it as last night because that's that's a heck of a run and it hurts right now. But you'll definitely look back on this and say. I can't believe that team actually did that and went that far with mm-hmm. what they had. And you're talking no five star recruits and a team that was unranked until the middle of the season. So, how about how about how impressive. stacked they could be next year? That's what we I was planning yeah, to get into let's go next. There. They um, could was, be amazing. I mean, okay, so first off, you got to talk about uh, you know going pro and stuff like that, and that's with uh, Wagner and Charles Matthews, your two that are actually considering it. Um, in my opinion, no doubt Wagner's gone. He should be. He shouldn't come back. I think it'd be dumb of him to come back the way that he. Played in the NCAA tournament, especially in that Final Four game with the, the twenty three and uh, fifteen. I mean, that's one of the best performances ever in a in a Final Four game um, from a big man. So, I think he made a statement and showed that he could be a good guy, and I think he's going to be a first round pick if he does go out this year. So, I think that you know, there's no doubt that he should make a push for the NBA. Charles Matthews, I don't think is ready yet. Um, he Not made, even close. He, I made, don't he think. made great strides, and he did a lot of good things this year. Um, and he and he definitely, you know has athletic ability to play in the NBA, but he still needs a little bit more beeline polishing and stuff like that, I think, before mm-hmm. um, yeah, he'll yeah. actually be able to be that good. So Yeah, with, with, with Wagner, I think the biggest question mark 
with him isn't going to be about about his talent. So the ta- the talent's there. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I think a lot of it's going to be about the consistency. Yeah. How consistent can he be? He was consistent down the stretch. I mean, 21 against Texas A&M. You know, I mean, 24, just... 24 and 15 against Little yeah. Chicago. But, you know, he, he also had games where he had, he had eight points against Maryland, yep. eight against Northwestern, two against Nebraska. <laughs> that was a really bad game all around. But but I, but I mean but I mean that's right that's what I'm saying the, the the question of consistency has has got to be pretty much the only question and the only thing that would ever even possibly hold him back I think is if if he goes and he and he he tests the waters and all that kind of stuff and and he hears that and they need to see more consistency maybe more consistent rebounding as well he's had his games where he could rebound he had on the crap he had a out of the pretty ball. good year this year though on the on the boards. He had a good Compared, year. I mean, you just look at the improvement. He had, okay, seven point one rebounds, but I think he he's a guy who could average nine rebounds a game. He could. I think I think he has that ability. I think I, th- I think he made a I think he made enough improvements this year that if he was near a second round pick or like he was right in the borderline of being a second first round pick last year, from what I heard, and I think you know no doubt with the way that he bumped up his numbers this year, he's going to be able to make a lot of money. Right now, I'm, I'm interested to see. To see what they do to do to replace him, it's gonna be difficult. Because <laughs> I mean, just the, the way that Michigan runs the ball screen, is Xavier Simpson mm-hmm. and everything, and, and finding him, I mean, they did it with Derek Walton a year ago. It's gonna be hard to replace. But I mean, Wagner, he's a guy who's six eleven, and and you look at a guy coming in from from Florida, three star Colin Castleton. He's six ten, two fifteen. But this is the best recruitment class but, that I've ever seen under Beeline. Um, yeah, no doubt. and, I, and I, we'll, we'll get into that. I mean, I, I want to touch on that a little bit, but just looking at Castleton, two fifteen. I mean, Wagner's two forty five. Yeah, it, it's, you got to get bigger. Castleton's not probably not going to play his first year. He's too small. John Teske. Yeah, John Teske. I, I mean, we'll get a lot of minutes next year. I think for the first time, like I guarantee you, his role will be improved. And, I, and I think I think no matter what you what you're bringing in. From what I heard too, in warmups and stuff, he started to like shoot from outside, and he can actually hit three pointers. So watch but, for but, that to develop all summer. Yeah. Well, here's my thing: is is I don't, I don't really care what you're bringing in. I don't care if it's Brandon Johns, Ignis Brzezdykas, David yeah. Julius, Castleton, Adrian Nunez. I don't care. I don't care what it is, who you're bringing in, the class that you got. Whoop de woo. Someone's got to replace Wagner. Yep. And they better do a damn good job. Well, Beeline will make sure, make sure they're they're ready for the spot, and for the spotlight. For sure, I agree with that too. I think mm-hmm. it might be a rocky start, like it is every single season, but I, I think it's going to be a rocky start it, with Teske. It, it will. It's, it's going to be different, but I think they do have enough pieces returning. Um, Jordan Poole really started to show some things in the tournament with like driving and getting the hole mm-hmm. too. Um, they were impressive. I think you're going to see a lot more of that from him la- next year. And he he sounds like a pretty motivated guy. Now, I know that he's a hype man, lives off a lot of like the in the moment type stuff. It seems like, um, but he said, you know, I never want to leave the gym and I never want to feel like this again or not. I mean. It's not that easy to get to the national championship game, so I think it'll you know be a little bit before they just get right back to that. But they definitely have a team next year with Simpson coming back. I think I think the one guy that needs to really watch his job um, is Isaiah Livers because he only scored nine points um, over the entire NCAA tournament, and he really didn't have a lot to do with their offense uh, flow like all year. If Michigan can find a guy that can play some defense, now, I'm not saying that defense is easy. Um, Xavier Simpson is easily the best defender in the. A big ten, and he'll be a favorite next year. What he does is completely different. But Isaiah Livers may be a good defender, but if you can find a guy that can defend, you know, Brandon just Johns. about as good as him and can shoot the ball too, and actually make some things happen on offense, 
if Isaiah Livers doesn't step up, he's not going to be in the starting lineup for long next year. You want two names? Brandon John, Ignis Brezdikas. All day. Yeah, oh yeah, they can both play the same position. They can, he both, can, they can play both play. Just play. about as well. Yeah. They can play. Those boys can play ball, and and they're special. Like you said, this, this is the best recruiting class that Michigan has had in a very, 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 very long time. Yeah. I think that David DeJulius is definitely going to push Xavier Simpson, too. He's a, he's a special kid. David DeJulius is the most underrated three-star on the planet. He can score the basketball. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, just just cover – or I talked to him a couple times last year, and he he knows, like, the main reason he said that he's coming to Michigan is because Beeline makes point guards better. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why he wants to go there. He's going to be good. Brez Dykes is going to be good. John's going to be good. Give Castleton a year. He'll be good. Adrian Nunez. I don't really know. So where's this team at next year, in your guys' opinion? Where do they where do they finish? Um, I know it's way too early, but I'm gonna go Elite Eight. Elite eight? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go as far as far I'm gonna go Big Ten regular season. We'll go we'll go second. Okay, yeah. In the Big Ten. Sure. I and I, then well well then then as far as as far as you know Big Ten tournament goes. That's so hard. <laughs> no, no, trust me. Y'all better, y'all, better, y'all better listen back. Um, <laughs> if they three-peat, that'd be ridiculous. They're not going to three-peat. I, they're going to they're gonna lose in the semifinals, and then they're going go to the, go to the tournament, and they'll make it to the Sweet 16, and then they'll lose. But the year after that, natty. I think that <laughs> I think that this year is going to be a Big Ten regular season title. I think people are giving Michigan State way too much credit. I think they're losing way too much to just come back and be that good again next year. And I know there's always good recruits coming in and everything. But doesn't Nick he War- always? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but to me, Nick Ward isn't leading uh, a championship team in that conference. I think Michigan has more talent returning and a better group all around at every position coming in. I'm picking Michigan to be my uh, Big Ten regular season champions next year. But I think next year is definitely the year they get upset in the Big Ten tournament. Um, I don't think that they'll win that. But as far as the NCAA tournament goes, it could be a team that makes a run to the Final Four. Wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me one bit with how, what they have coming back and where they're at, but it also wouldn't surprise me if they're around a 32, Sweet 16, get beat by a team and upset because they were that yeah. close this year. I mean, Michigan State, they're, they're bringing in uh, a pretty good power forward, 6'10", 195. Marcus Bingham Jr. from, from Grand Rapids goes to, goes to Catholic Central. And another guy that I think could be really good is Gabe Brown out of out of Belleville. He seemed like a guy that that was looking at Michigan and Michigan State offered. That was kind of like his dream school. So so Gabe Brown to to Michigan State. I think he could be really good as a as a small forward for them. And then, and then you got to look at the the two other local guys. Gabe Gabe Brown more more of a local local Michigander. Marcus Bingham Michigander as well. And then and then Foster Lawyer and Thomas Kithier. Both of those those guys at Clarkston, Kithier obviously not not playing this year, but um but he'll be with the Spartans next year. Foster Lawyer won Mister Basketball, beat out Brandon Johns, beat out mm-hmm. David DeJulius, and that was kind of something that a lot of people were shocked by. But Lawyer being a point guard, you know, probably won't get a, get a ton of time. But I think I think Bingham Jr. and and Gay Brown, you got to watch out for those guys. I think I think they're gonna be good for Michigan State, but we'll see. They're losing a lot. Yeah, we'll see what happens. They're definitely going to be losing. They're, they're definitely losing more than Michigan's going to yeah, lose. Yeah, I think no so, matter what. without question. I mean, even if Michigan loses Wagner, you lose Bridges and Jaron Jackson. Even if Michigan loses Charles Matthews and Mo Wagner, <laughs> yeah, they're, still, they're still losing still a lot less. Still place. Yeah, you're talking about, I mean, Matthews, is. I would put it that he's coming back. So, yeah, add him to that, that starting five next year for Michigan, I would take that over Michigan State right now. But be interesting to see what happens. That's a long ways away, but the next uh, the next season here, the long, long season of uh, baseball <laughs> is underway. 
Um, finally started, and I mean, okay, we, we talked. It, about one it. and four, man. It feels long. <laughs> we got to end this thing already. I mean, we we talked about, you know, they're gonna lose, right? They're mm-hmm. gonna lose. They're gonna lose baseball games. They're not gonna be that good of a team, but. I think that this start is more encouraging than it is negative so far. I agree with um, that. In my opinion, because I think they've lost two games now at one to zero. Now that just means that their offense needs to do something. The if they're gonna win any game. Yeah, their <laughs> offense is terrible right now. It is very bad. Um, I mean, they're it's not, their not best even, hitter right now is Nick Castellanos, who hits consistently. Um, he's at three thirty three. So. I don't know. I I mean that's a good average, but then you look right next to it. Cabrera's at two eighty six, and already kind of looks like he's gonna have one of those whole home, those not years. that not yeah. not that great of years. And it, it's just kind of it's kind of where that but you expected it. But I think the today I don't know if you guys saw the final score today or anything. Matt Boyd pitched a good game today. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very encouraging to start the season. Now, granted, they're not playing world beaters. I mean, they're playing the Kansas City Royals who got their first win today. They're playing the Pittsburgh Pirates who no one expects to win the games this year. And the fact that they got swept by them on opening weekend at home is kind of a uh, – well, it's depressing. Um, but, I mean, they shouldn't have lost the first game. They should have won that game in extra innings. I think that that replay was not the right call. Um, there was way too much time that that was looked at to be uh, inconclusive, and I never clearly even saw it touch them, so I think it was a really bad call. Um, but – it's just it's so tough to actually see this team turn around and do anything. But I think it's a more positive start than it could have been for being one and four. I think so too because I mean I know that they're not playing anybody like any big teams or anything. But at least they're competing. You know they're not getting yeah. they're not getting blown out or anything. And I mean <laughs> I don't know they just need to. I mean they're losing these. They lost both two of these games one and nothing. Like they do something. They yeah. win those games. Like you know. Yeah, so, all you gotta do is get a couple runs I mean, in, and, and you're like, looking at a different record. Yeah, and like you said, the first game they they shouldn't have lost that game. That wasn't that wasn't on them. And Gardenhire was real uh, yeah real hot about that he one was, that as was he should have been. That was the most old man getting thrown out of a game <laughs> I've I've seen. I loved it. I loved every second. And of he should and he should have been like that. I mean, that's that he took the first game away from him. So yeah, for sure, I agree with that too. And that that sometimes that can you know ruin your mojo. I disagree. I think this is an awful start. I don't think I don't I don't understand. I don't, I don't get the positives. I think the positives. I don't get are it because you know what you know you know. Hang on, you know what they said all last year was, oh you know you know we only lost by a couple runs. You know we just score a couple more runs and and it, we're we're good. You know all we need is a, a couple more runs a game and, and no problem. That that's exactly what happened last year, all season long, and and and. I think we can agree to disagree on the topic because it's so early in the season. I mean I don't think there's any way to. to to prove anyone right or wrong, but I think you know all last year the, the talk was if they would have just done this, oh, if they would have, if this would have just happened. But this is different. Last year's team had expectations that could possibly make the playoffs. This team is expected to get forty wins. Good. I mean that's that's, <laughs> that's, that's where that's, they're at. And, and, so yeah, you, you can't expect, in my opinion, more than what they've given so far. I think I think that. But a bad start's a bad start. It's a bad start, but I think that their pitching has been really good for what it is so far. Mm-hmm. Liriano gave a great start, and the in a win, yeah, in a win. Boyd gave a good start. I think Zimmerman's start had some rocky stuff, but he did strike out seven batters, which is something you didn't see at all last year. He just got hit. Period. He had a decent start and he had a couple bad plays in the field that kind of screwed him over too. On opening day, I don't know, man. I, I think I think so far they've had M- M- Michael Fulmer, one run, came back, and mm-hmm. all the questions of him being injured. And ba- I think the most encouraging thing so far is that their pitching staff hasn't been terrible. And he didn't expect this lineup to hit the ball anyways because they have pretty much nobody in it that could hit. So, I mean, so, then, so then, then, there's, really, then there, there, there's really no reason then to say 
There, there's no reason to say, oh, if they only if they only would score one more run, or if they would do this, or if they would do that at the plate, because it's but just not going to happen. But it's not going to happen. Probably not going to happen. It's not going to happen. They're that close to getting a win, though, with the team that they have. I mean, I'm just saying for being one and four, and I and I, I would have told you that through the first ten games, I probably would have projected them go three and seven because they're going to be that bad this year. I, I mean, I guess it's better than getting blown out every game. But I it's think not even necessarily just that. You, uh, to me, as a Tigers fan, as anybody that watches them, you have to look at it as more just by the numbers and by the player. And they haven't made like a, I mean, their their fielding hasn't been great so far, which has kind of been a disappointment because you thought with some of these younger guys and you know stuff like that would be better. But also like the small things, the base running, they've been so much more aggressive on the bases this year, a lot quicker, um, and and moving runners up and getting stuff like that. I mean, you got to put the bat in the ball and you got to get hits. But when they've had runners on base, they've really moved. which is something that they haven't done in in ten years since I've watched them. They haven't ran. They haven't ran since two thousand six. And maybe maybe it's us just being like Tigers fans, like you said. But like yeah. we had to find the positive in something. No, like, well, no, I, oh, no, 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 no. I'm a negative no, person. No, I'm, a no. neg- I'm a negative See, person with any sports team that I follow. Disagree. I just yep. okay. Why though? I mean, you have to. I, I, I trash talked this team so much last year in this organization for keeping Brad. <laughs> Elena, Elena, okay, okay, hang on, okay. hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me let me ask you, Elena. Elena you said you got to believe in them. What the hell is us believing in them going to do anyway? I mean, okay, I'm a, I'm a like person that uh, I'm like the sentimental person that I feel you. like. See, like when Miami was doing bad, I mm-hmm. still wanted them to win because I loved the guys on the team. And well, I don't want them to get rid of anybody because I'm still sentimental. When you see them. a team do what the Tigers have done in the past bunch of years, that's what you think of, you know, when you go to it. So it's hard to like, like get over. Like, Nick Castellanos is your best hitter. You're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be honest. Come on now. I just yeah, feel it's like bad. It's very I feel like bad. for me, I get. Like Tim Machado's at 250. He's number three. Oh my God. I feel like for me, like you know <laughs> how Trovi Jones three for six. <laughs> Like last year, like they were so bad, but like you know, you know all the names, and you get so like attached to the players as like I guess like maybe it's not for you guys because I mean it's a little different, but like I get attached <laughs> to them as like people kind of, and I'm like, oh, I really like I these guys. Like, they they can do something, but then, I mean, then they don't. So like I don't know. I try to find the positive. I wouldn't put in your it. hopes too What about what about I mean, Jose I'm Iglesias? <laughs> Jose Iglesias. See, I love one for him. sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> I still love his him. His bat is hot, baby. I, I saw his one hit too. Oh my gosh! It was in that opening day. First, <laughs> it was a double, like, dude. Double, like double for a ribby. That was his first at bat, and he hasn't got a hit since, man. I mean, he's a great shortstop. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, I still think. All right, going back on this, I think that they should have kept Ian Kinsler for a guy who is in the clubhouse and keeps these young guys positive and does more in the infield, and should have put Machado at shortstop and got rid of him. I, that's my personal opinion. I. I think that Kinsler is a great fielder, and he'd be great for that infield to like teach people. And instead, they just got rid of him because they got. They can't trade anyway, dude. They suck. Yeah, exactly. So they don't I mean, know how to trade. They, they haven't really got anybody in the past few years that have been that. They good. don't know how to sign. They don't know how to trade. It's it's tough to watch. You know what? The one they thing, don't even know what it, they don't even know to. Ever since Dombrowski <laughs> left, they don't even know what a trade deadline is. Hal Vila did sell last year. I just didn't agree with all the trades that he made. I thought they got nothing for JD Martinez. Nope. For as good of a player as he mm-hmm. was. Didn't they get didn't they get three infielders? The Verlander trade was really good, actually. But yeah, they got three infielders. infielders. Yeah. Three infielders for in- that's not even what they need. They have guys in their system. <laughs> Literally, Dixon that can Machado. Play the infield. They, they have, they have I mean, Machado, Machado Caldenero, Iglesias. I think Dixon Machado is a lost cause. He's never gonna be good. He's a twenty nine year old prospect that has never gotten the chance to play in the MLB. I think it's just too late for him. But you can't. But but you can't bring up one of those guys that, that you got. Yeah. No. Not yet. I mean, he's got. He's a fill. I he, think he's he, just a fill until they find somebody else or think somebody else is ready in the, um, in the minors. But I mean, he'll take it. Shoot, he's making money. But yeah. and, and he's got four RBIs. So I mean, shoot, the guy's actually playing not that bad so far. Um, but the one thing I really want to see them do, um, by the end of uh, May, if he just doesn't do anything positive for this team, is cut Victor Martinez, please. 
I can't watch it anymore. Oh, it is, he's see, too old, it, man. See, he's that hurts too me. Old. That's one of the things that hurts me. It's like I want. He's literally to... doing nothing for this team. He's he's a he's a broke down lawnmower that you know, doesn't work. The tires flat, and you're still trying to finish the lawn because there's not that much time left. I would be the that's worst. That's what he is. I would be the worst general manager in the world what because you, what, I would keep him. I would keep him because I love him. What did you just say? It was. It was. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a broke down. If you're if you're in a lawnmower and your tire just goes flat, uh-huh. and, oh and, and you gotta finish though because you only got so much time and. You want to go do whatever with your friends the rest of the day? That's what I'm saying. Oh, my it's gosh. A broke down, it's just a, a broke-down lawnmower, and the tire's flat, and you're oh. just trying to get to the finish line. That's what it feels like they're trying to do with Victor Martinez. Does that happen to you a lot? It, it has <laughs> in the past. So I, I, worked a, I worked a job. Plus, uh, plus, the, grass, plus so. the sun's going down, too, and all that kind of stuff. It's going to rain. Got that vi- yeah, the rain's coming, light rain. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah. No, I I understand. But, I mean, e- even looking at looking at some of their, their top prospects. Also, I mean, Reyes getting hurt is pretty funny. I mean, just... In general, yeah. of course, they run into each other. I mean, it, I don't even it's think it's just like it's it's gonna be a laughable season. At some point, I think you just gotta start laughing about it. Okay, but you gotta be. You guys said you gotta be so. You're like you're so negative about it. You guys think really like the fan base has nothing to do with how a team's success is. Like, no, I, like they do. I like do. you don't think, want you I, don't want the fan base to be booing booing everybody. I'm not like, gonna I'm not gonna go to a game. I mean, I'm not gonna go to a game, so I'll be doing that. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably go to town this year. I'll probably I, I go. just go, and especially because tickets will be fifteen dollars. You kidding me? I I yeah, I'll be stuck at all those loons games this summer, dude. I got <laughs> I gotta get out of there. Yeah, my weekends will be at Wood, but I'll actually be at some of these games for TV eight. So really, I, yeah, that's for, pretty, that's pretty just, sweet. Just some of them, but um, but yeah. So like, I mean, in general. I still want to watch just because. And plus, if you can get tickets against a good team with good mm-hmm. players on it, shoot, I want to see some of those you know players go at it and hit the crap out of the Tigers pitching. I mean, I'd, it's like not, to, I'd like to see the Yankees. Yeah, exactly. Like, something like that. Just watch them hit bombs. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not the worst thing in the world um, when your team sucks because it's just bad. But what team is it? I mean, one of you guys might know um, in the major leagues is doing the whole thing where if a parent buys a ticket, um, the two kids get in for free. I, I can't think of it off the top of my head right now, but – that's the team, or that's the way that the Tigers should be doing. They should be doing something like that to get more people to the game because, you know. Orioles, Baltimore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Baltimore. Baltimore. If, if kids you do cheer that, free. And, and it's so hard to get, all they talk about in the major leagues right now is we got to get kids in the game. We got to keep kids in the game. And it's understandable because our world's going so digital and everything that baseball is a slow sport. Everyone wants everything fast these days. It's what kind of hurts it. Um, if you want to get kids the, to the ballpark and they won't know the difference if the Tigers are good or bad. If you do stuff like that, the parents can get them in for free and they're barely paying anything for their ticket when you're not. I mean, you might fill up the stands a decent amount more and it's going to give those kids some memories that they'll think about as they go up older in life and that's how you kind of build a fan base. Mm-hmm. I think what Baltimore is doing with that is fantastic. Um, in a year that they probably realize we're not going to win the division, so why don't we do something that helps our fans? I don't see the Tigers doing anything like that. When you when you look at who they've gotten, let's just say in the past, like, I don't know, five years, it's kind of it's kind of upsetting that that the best prospects that they've gotten, I would say, and th- this is my own opinion, but Michael Fulmer won clearly. Obviously, no doubt. Clearly, that. that was a gem. They got so lucky, and he started pitching the way he did. Jacoby Jones. <laughs> That's my two. And you know who they got him for? You remember who they got him for? Uh, I don't know. K Rod. Yeah. So you got you okay? So in, in my this is my opinion. Obviously, I don't know if you guys. I don't know if you agree, Andy, or if you agree, Elena. Would you agree that's probably the second best prospect that they've gotten? That's at least you know ready. They got him when he was in Double A, gave him a year, year and a half, and now here he is. I mean, yeah. I would you say it's their it's the second people, best prospect that they've gotten? Some people make the argument yeah. that Shane Green was a prospect too. And I no, think, no, no, he wasn't. I, no, he wasn't. No. <laughs> and I think that it's possible that he was a he was a pretty good move for them. But would he be their better, better, they better get than Jacoby Jones? 
No, but Jacoby Jones has really shown anything at the major league level. I mean, he's hitting decent right now, but he won't. He's played, he's played in two games, but I think he's got a lot of upside on this team. He, I think he does. He he's, a, a he's a fire plug, and he showed it for a but second it, last but, year, but, that, but then he that, went 0 for 30, and I kind of lost a lot of hope. But this this is the, hang on, <laughs> but hang on, but this is my problem. When you have a guy like that, and you're saying, "Wow, he's he's one of our one of our better prospects," and I would still consider him a, consider him a prospect. He's yeah, still he's I, still a, he's yeah. still a work in progress. You say that, yep. But you got him for Francisco Rodriguez. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I know, but K- but K-Rod was that? I mean, are you saying that's a good thing or a bad thing? I'm saying it's a good thing that they got him, but it's also pretty embarrassing. K-Rod kind of sucked, man. I know it's a good thing that they got him for him. That was <laughs> yeah. a, that was a good deal for the Tigers. But my point is, what they got for some of their other top guys. Oh, no, not enough. That was my complaint all last summer. I said, I have no problem with this team selling. They're going nowhere. They're already in a deep enough hole. you got to start rebuilding at some point. But I just don't think what they got is material that's you know is good for some of the players they gave up. I mean, I really Jacobi, think they should have waited on Upton, too, man. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, they got some pitching out of it, but I just don't think that it's going to be you know that good. And here's the other two prospects I think you're forgetting about that you know are arguably pretty good. Hmm. I think Daniel Norris and Matt Boyd are a couple of guys too that. A lot oh of people my look at. gosh! Don't even go there. <laughs> I mean, I'm don't just saying they were really highly me. talented prospects, and the Tigers got. Them. Don't go there with me. They were. We're not going there. Let's right go there. Now. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> they are. I mean, okay, they are, they they are traded, two of the most up and down they traded, pitchers. They, oh, they are, and they're not good yet. But they're twenty. Ever they're watched years in old. my life? 22, 23 years old. I don't care. And they traded David Price, who can't pitch in the playoffs. So. Well, they might as well have kept him because they're not getting there anyway. <laughs> You're going to pay him a lot of money for Might have sold nothing. some tickets. It, it was at the end of the deadline, and they either had to sign him to a deal or they were going to get rid of him for something and actually get decent players. And Toronto needed a pitcher because that was the year they were making their run. So, I don't know. I don't think it was that bad of a move. I think it was a pretty good move overall. I think they got pretty two pretty good pitching prospects at the time for that. For one guy. I think I can agree with that. I don't think I can agree. <laughs> <laughs> we've been we've been on the on the opposite page with the Tigers, my friend. Oops. I kind I kind of like it. Um, but yeah, nevertheless, Evan thinks it's a crappy start. Elena and I think it's not the worst start in the world. Um, I mean, we'll we'll see where it ends up. Where's the negativity, man? Huh? Where's the negativity? Taking, bring it, bro. He's bringing the positive side with me. No, I just they need you, it. If you okay, <laughs> talk to my father. Okay, I want I listen to the Tigers. I, I listen. That's the kind of guy I am. I am a boring person, and I listen to the Tigers on <laughs> the radio. That's what I do <laughs> in the summer, all the time. And cut the lawn, I, listen to the game. Oh, dude! Yeah, you talk to him when I when I'm working at my my Parks and Rec job, and the Tigers come on the radio. That is the best day of the week, man. There is no complaints, nothing, nothing tr- except for when they give up like ten runs in the first inning, and I'm like, yep, look forward to that all week for absolutely nothing. So mm-hmm. that that kind of hurts, but I like I don't know, just. I, I'm the most negative person in the world is what I was getting at when it comes to this team. I complain about them every year. I complain about them for the past three years because they had a crappy coach. They kept for way too long, and they wasted talent on a team that could have won more, especially in the first year they had Ausmus, man. That team was still loaded, still had a great pitching staff, and they got swept by the Orioles in the first round because of bad coaching decisions by Brad Ausmus. Terrible hire, and they kept him around for way too long, and now they're in an even deeper hole. So I'm not the most positive on Rakeen on it, but they got to start somewhere. I think there's been positives in the first first five games. That's my argument. If I had to give a positive, it'd be it'd be Garden hire. I think he's I think he's a good manager. I think yeah, he's I think a really I think good manager. I think that's definitely what you want when you have younger players in your system. You want a guy that's been around the game for a while. So got that wisdom. Yeah, no no problem with that at all. Jose Iglesias, .063. Let's get it together, buddy. Let's just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get all our studs and duds now. And finish up this podcast. 
Um, Evan, you want to start with your stud for me? Yeah, so so my stud is Lorenzo Cain, not playing for the Royals anymore, but for the Milwaukee Brewers. He has he he's been on a complete tear. He has been been an absolute beast, batting five hundred, and, and and he's he's looking good. Not nine for eighteen, home run, four RBIs, a walk, hasn't even struck out, hasn't even struck out, three stolen bags, through four games. He's he's done well, but it's early. For sure. Uh, my stud is going to be Divincenzo. I can't say his name. Divincenzo. Yes. Uh, the new star for Villanova. Yeah, he's sure. coming back next year, and they so. don't know if Jalen Brunson is, but if Jalen Brunson does end up coming back, that team could easily be in the Final Four again next year. I don't think there's a question about it. So, heck of a team, heck of an offense, and what a performance. I mean, that's the kind of stuff you see in the NCAA tournament. That's why the NCAA tournament's so great, and in my opinion, it's the best playoff uh, system in sports. But uh, my uh, stud for the week is... The video they show at the end of uh, every single March Madness is called One Shining Moment. I think it's awesome how they put kids under the spotlight like that, and they look forward to seeing that every single year. You know, every team that got knocked out of that tournament and, like, did anything special? Because, I mean, this year is crazy. I mean, how many upsets did we see? I mean, you talk about Michigan had an easy run. Well, that's because a lot of the, a lot, there was a lot of upsets um, on that side of the bracket. And, you know, with a 16 C beating a number one C and all that, they all kind of got to get featured in it and really get their school. I mean, Buffalo, a school that's in the MAC, that could be CMU. I saw him in the video twice. I think that that's really mm-hmm. cool. They get to get put in the spotlight like that um, and get put in a big moment and shown their highlights and stuff, and it's always kind of fun to watch. Definitely my favorite one in all the sports. And they were definitely hyping it up on TBS last night. But, Evan, oh, you're done? Yeah, so so my dud is going to be Gary Sanchez, a catcher for the Yanks. He is, he's been struggling. Uh, last season we saw him hit 33 dingers, 90 RBIs, and 122 games. Before that he played... 53 games in 2016, and that's where where we saw him. 20 home runs and 42 RBIs, batted just uh, just under 300. And this season, through five games, he is one for 15 from the dish. That's not a good start. So you sure you didn't want to pick Anibal Sanchez for your uh, your dud? How's he been doing? Man, just searched him real quick. Is it the same Sanchez reminded me, and he was my or the Twins are my dud for getting him a while ago. No one way. outing. He's got a hit, three walks. That was his first outing. Only outing he's pitched so far. How many innings? Did he long, throw? long relief. He went three innings. Huh? <laughs> maybe he's gonna be good. Maybe he's gonna. Be, maybe that was the move. Maybe the Tigers should have kept him. I don't know. I mean, the walks are high, but no earned runs. Got out of those innings. I don't know, man. Could be a could be a move. He'll work his way into a starter role when the Cy Young <laughs> and the Tigers look stupid again. Just wait. Right. He'll be the ERA leader again. Um, Elena, you're done? Uh, my dad's going to be uh, MLB's instant replay because they totally gypped the Tigers of their first uh, first game this year. And I think if you're going to use the replay, use it the right way. I mean, obviously, that, that replay, or that play, like, it wasn't obvious. So you can't you can't overturn something like that. But mm-hmm. they did, so it's my dad. Yeah, that, that was just ridiculous. But, I mean, I just don't understand how you can look at something for that long and say it's indisputable. It's, mm-hmm. it's something I could go into for a long time, but... Um, my dud is something we're kind of laughing about before. Um, Andre Drummond for tweeting last night. Who One else is idiot. watching this Nova versus Michigan game with the two eye emojis? Not me. Uh, okay, <laughs> I, I know it might sound stupid. And you're like, why would you pick on him for that? Why would you tweet that? Why would you have all the things that you could tweet and put out on social media? I don't know, man. I think that was the dumbest tweet that I've seen in a while, um, period, because it's just kind of like, Oh, yeah, dude, everybody's watching it. And he didn't capitalize Nova. <laughs> so at the end of the day, he's really messing up. Um, probably should work on his free throws a little bit more. And maybe it's because I'm really just frustrated with this Pistons team um, for giving me hope a couple of years ago, and now they just suck. 
And that's where I'm at right now. But that was probably the dumbest tweet I've read in a while. So <laughs> that'll wrap it up for our show this week. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you find us on Twitter at CM Life. It'll be posted there. SoundCloud, iTunes, all that good stuff. So for Elena and Evan, I'm Andy. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.